I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Glad you took notes. Yeah, well, I have we, Wikipedia pulled up, but I have Wikipedia also. Uh, well, let me fix this. Let me pull it up on my phone just so I can. All right, welcome to Very Unreasonable Things. I'm Billy Bone, and joining me is Josh Lindsay. Happy Cicada Day. No shit. So. Today, we're going to be talking about The Beast Within. We're starting a new uh, little block, me and Josh are, and we're doing three movies that are based in states. It was a list that Josh found on Reddit, and I'll let him tell you about it. So go ahead. Oh, yeah. It was just uh, like the 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 best horror movies from each state, and, um, you know, like... Obviously, I wanted to do Mississippi. It was a movie I'd never even heard of before. And, uh, yeah, I chose it. And um, despite what Bone says, I'm glad I did chose, choose it. Because, um, I don't know, this is one of those... It's not a slasher, but it, it came right at this horror peak of this time period and uh it's interesting we'll we'll talk about it but um uh the the special effects are something to to behold in this one yeah yeah okay the um the Beast Within, though, had a budget of $5 million, made a box office of $7.7 7 directed by Felipe Mora, starring Ronnie Cox, B.B. Besh, Paul Clemens. And the name that stood out for me, normally I don't bring this up when we go through the, uh, the basics of the uh, movie or anything like that, but it was the story and the screenplays by Tom Holland. And not not Spider Man Tom Holland, so don't be like Tom Holland wasn't alive. And I, I know you wouldn't, Josh. I know you know who I'm talking about. I'm mm -hmm. talking about for the casual fan that may recognize the name. This isn't the same Tom Holland. This Tom Holland did a lot of work in the '80s and is responsible, you know, for some pretty memorable movies. Yeah, pretty iconic for the '80s. Yeah, and uh, apparently this. Uh like they bought the rights to a book that wasn't even finished. They just had the title. And then whatever the novel was, Tom Holland went and finished it up. And I don't even know if the two are the same. Um, so there is an, a novel that I think the author finally did finish it. I think it was whoever wrote the novel was going through like a divorce and he just, but he, Edward Levy, but he went and finished it. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. And it says the screenplay 
has very little resemblance to the novel. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. And one of the things that got me excited about it, because I, I, I wanted to watch it, and I knew we'd probably eventually get to cover it, um, is if you look at the poster, I'm like, oh, this is a werewolf movie. Exactly. I've got that in my fucking notes. Yeah. And the title, The Beast Within. Yeah. And I I can't, I watched this today. I don't even know about what time in the movie. Maybe the first 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, this isn't a werewolf movie. Actually, it's deeper. It's deeper in that movie. It's deeper in the movie than I realized, oh, this isn't werewolves. Yeah, because the first time you see the creature. It's so dark. Yeah, this whole movie's entirely too fucking dark and you can't see shit. And that's, Mm -hmm. I got that in my notes too. Like, it's the first note I wrote down. Movie is dark as fuck. Yeah. But the first time you see the creature, you, you're still kind of like, okay, yeah, this is uh, this could be a werewolf because you can't see him because of how dark it is. You just see like a silhouette. It's, it's so funny that you say that because the movie opens with this Ronnie Cox and his wife. Um, they're trying to get to Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, they pass the road. So, and Ronnie Cox, instead of gently breaking, turning no around shit. like a sane person, he decides to fucking fast and furious it and just f- fucking just cut a donut in the middle of the highway. His, his fucking rim comes off or his hubcap. And so he goes back to the gas station where the movie opens for like, the movie opens in just like five seconds. So he's like, I'm going to walk back, stay in the car. And the wife doesn't stay in the car and she gets out. And it is like you go the dog out. She lets the dog out because the dog's going crazy. Obviously, fuck this movie for killing the dog. And she gets out and this is like nighttime. And it is, the movie is lit very dark. I was watching Friday the 13th Part 7, which we'll talk about sometime this year. That movie, at nighttime, it looks like daytime. <laughs> like, you see these people running in the woods, and yeah. it is bright as fuck. I mean, obviously, there's a happy medium that you can have in these movies, but it is such a funny contrast. I feel like they probably didn't even use fucking lights when they filmed this movie. Uh, barely lights inside, but it looked like they used natural lighting. Yeah. The entire, even inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dark ass movie. And even when they yeah. have like the fucking flashlights on, it's still fucking dark. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. to the movie's detriment. And also at times it, it, it helps it though. I think. So you had, you had touched on it and I'm just going to, yeah, my new thing is taking Lots of notes, right? We talked about this on a previous podcast. I've got like four and a half pages of notes on this movie. So let me just uh, run through a few of them. So they're in Nioba, Mississippi. Looked it up. I'm from Mississippi. Looked it up. Is it a real place? Not a real place. I, I, I Googled it. And the, the first five hits were about this movie. <laughs> Crazy. I guess it's supposed to be Neshoba? No. 
No, because that's the show is too far away from Jackson. Because they made is. they made out like it like Nioba wasn't that far from Jackson. Like it was Florence or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, missed the turn and got stuck, like you said. This dude just when he was in the car, just drove off the side of the fucking road. And you lived in Mississippi. I've lived in Mississippi. So this we, we know about this. He got fucking stuck. Mm-hmm. And his wheels are spinning. And that shit does happen. But that's why you don't drive off the roads. And, well, you get stuck on If you're going to Jackson, you can get stuck in the fucking roads now because the roads are so shitty. Yeah. So fucking horrible. Did you know that there's a cell phone game called, uh, I think it's like City of Jackson, where you play an alien and you're going down different streets in Jackson and you're just avoiding obstacles like potholes and shit? I didn't. Like I have this on my phone and it has like, and the streets are named after real streets in Jackson. It's like, you know, high street, state street, fortification street, and all these different streets are in Jackson. And you just play through these fucking levels, man. And you're just jumping over potholes and dodging shit that's been thrown at you. And I looked at one of the reviews on the uh, iTunes store page. And one person's like, this is the most realistic game ever made. This is exactly how the roads in Jackson are. Welcome to Jackson. Okay, you found it? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting it. Yeah, I keep it on my phone just as a... Reminder of home. (laughs) Fucking Jackson Rhodes, man. Dude, so... Yeah, he left his wife alone. And, like, what kind of husband is this? I don't know that I would have left her in the car. Walk with me. Who gives a shit? Exactly. Because apparently it wasn't that fucking far because it didn't take him that long to go and get a tow and come back. No. Yeah. <clears throat> but she goes out in the woods. She encounters the monster. Well, she passes out. Cause, uh, she passed mon- out. Yeah, the monster raped her when she was passed out. That's right. That's right. Um. Did this make you think of um, we covered it, me and you. The maybe if you give me a description. It's about the sea monsters. Oh, who love women deep. Yes, and a little bit no. like that. It, no, it didn't, because the the humanoids from the deep actually attacked women that were awake. Yeah, that's true. And they had nimble hands that could claw through a man when it swiped at his chest, but when it was time to swipe at a woman, it just took the clothes off. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, so, I mean, no, it didn't remind me of that. Like, this, this, this thing is just pawing at this woman and trying to rip her clothes off and stuff, and... Nah, he doesn't have the grace that the uh, humanoids from the D-pad. Who who made that? Uh, it was a Corman movie. He yes, it, but it had a female yes. director. Yeah, because she got mad when he uh, went back and added some more violence and nudity to the movie. That's but right. Yeah, it wasn't like Humanoids from the Deep was a long movie, but we're not talking about Humanoids from the Deep. We'll we'll get off on a tangent and we'll just fucking ramble on. You know, that's what we do here. 
Yeah, well, we're Take ramblers. Take a left turn and see where it goes. Yeah, we'll find our way back eventually. The movie jumps forward 17 years. And we're at a hospital where the son, whose name was uh, Michael. Mm. Yeah, it took me a while to uh, catch his name. But yeah, Michael's in a hospital and he's sick and they think he's dying. And then you find out that the son was born. Oh, I was just, I was waiting. You just make, it was making a lot of noise when you picked it up. I should have muted it. Sorry. Yeah. The son is the uh, product of that rape. Like the dad, the dad loves him like his own son, which is cool. Like, it's nice to see that, you know, where, cause a lot of times you get these movies where like, the the parent might be like resentful of the kid because it's not his, but this dad's like all in for his son. And he did to the point that he doesn't even want to tell the doctors that it's like not legitimately his son. Well, that's sort of the backbone of the movie because the parents do love him. And like what starts this off is they're trying to find a way to save him. Um, save him. Yeah. So you obviously Ronnie Cox being a loving father, it's uh integral to the story. Here's the thing, though, like, they had to have known, I mean, unless she was a philanderer, like, why are you having this baby? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? I know it's Mississippi and, you know, the the dreaded A word ain't taking place, but goddamn, abort this fucking locust. Right, Jesus! Oh man, you, and making that comment, you—I got that note later on in the movie. And I guess we can fucking talk about it now because we hit on it briefly when we at the beginning of the movie, or when we first started talking about it, and how we both thought it was a werewolf movie. Because I'm like you, I thought it was a werewolf movie. The fucking movie poster, the title of the movie, the fact that they show the full moon in the sky like three times, it, opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking it's a fucking werewolf movie, and it's not. Apparently, it's a movie about fucking cicadas. Yeah. Where cicadas? Yeah. And look, I'm going to go ahead and say it now because um, I don't want to forget, but like, <clears throat> Cronenberg watched this movie. And Cronenberg took notes. And if you watch The Fly, you can tell, like, the the gradual transformation, the actual transformation, and at the very end that we'll eventually get to, was very reminiscent of The Fly. I don't know the last, I haven't seen The Fly in forever, but I know the beats, yeah. you know? Um, that's one movie that's, it's kind of hard for me to watch. It's just that body horror that just gets under my skin. Yeah. Like most Cronenberg, but that one um, in particular. Um, but yeah, and, you know, and we'll eventually talk about The Howling, An American Werewolf in London. Uh, your favorite movie, uh, An American Werewolf in Paris. Yeah. It's a bold take yeah. you have there. Shit, bold that's like take. seven stars. I wish I had two hands to give it a thumbs up. <laughs> But 
it's one thing to see a transformation of a werewolf. It does, it's, it's not gross. If I told you somebody's going to turn into a human cicada, you're like, okay, it's fucking gross. It's, it's, yeah. but okay. Yeah. So their son's experiencing, um, he turns 17. I guess that's like puberty or it's when the cicada sheds her skin. I need, I didn't do any research on cicadas. Well, you didn't know you were going to have to until later in the movie. I had time before this podcast, though. Oh, you did know. you? Oh, well, you should yeah. have. Like, I watched the movie right before we started recording, so I didn't have time to look it up. But, dude, how fucking Mississippi is that, though? <laughs> like, it's like, we're going to make a horror movie. What are we going to make it on? We're going to make it on, like, werewolves? We're going to make it on vampires? Are we going to do, like, a mass killer? No, nah, we're going to do cicadas. <laughs> we feel like that, that that is an untapped resource and we're gonna we're just gonna drill in on it and we're gonna be at the forefront of the cicada movement i mean look they could have went with catfish mosquitoes no shit water moccasins right and you're like no nah, those options nah. just don't fucking measure up to cicadas <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Fucking hell, man. So <laughs> the son is having dreams of a house with something in the cellar. <laughs> and, and I, and you don't know it here because you don't see it until later, but this is, this is the beginning, I guess, of a, of a bigger the, story. Yeah. The Billy persona emerging from Michael. Mm -hmm. Like you said, uh, the cicada coming out of its fucking, you know, shell or cocoon or whatever it's called and you get this personality that's emerging and it's it's weird because it's not really explained like how it's happening like the movie just does the movie stuff. has an in yeah it has an interesting um editing choices here and, you know, I, I found out after I watched the movie that they had cut, like, so much from this movie that they, because you, you watch it till the end, you're like, this kind of doesn't make fucking sense. Yeah. And there was dialogue that they cut out that would explain what the fuck is happening. But they cut it out. And so you're watching this and, you know, like, like you said, he goes up to this, um, cellar and he's banging on it and whatever. We'll come to find out. We, we learn what that is down there. And I don't, I don't mind the movie opening up with him doing that. Yeah. And, you know, and cause you, you're led to believe, well, they'll explain it later. Well, they kind of do and they kind of don't, you know, well, they do explain it. So. We're led to believe that their son is dying, right? He's in the That's hospital. what the doctor said. Yeah. yeah, he's in a hospital in Jackson. You know, obviously Jackson's known for its amazing medical facilities. And, you know, my sister works at one, so come on. They're not bad. First open heart surgery was at University of uh, Mississippi Medical Center. Okay, so 
Come on. <laughs> Cut us some slack. Okay. Well, you know, and Mitchell, he works for in the medical field too, so. No, I know. You're just dunking on. My Everybody. sister doesn't listen. You are dunking on one of our, our, our favorite listeners. But so we are told, though, that the, the boy is dying. And their response to that is like, well, let's take him out of this hospital in Jackson where they, they do have better facilities. And let's take him to fucking Nioba, a town with 1,200 people. If. If that much. Well, there was, I mean, maybe there, there was a sign. There was a sign that showed. I think it was like, it was either 1,200 or 1,600, but it wasn't very many people. And that was the cicada population. And here's, the, here's another thing about this movie, because maybe they said that. I didn't catch it. So they were in Jackson, and he had this one doctor. And then all of a sudden, like, he's in this shitty hospital with another doctor who I do recognize. Did you recognize him? Uh, no. Um, hang on, let me just pull up his name because his name is uh, R.G. Armstrong. Dude, he's the, uh, he's the general from the pre- uh, Predator who brings Dutch in. At the very first. But yeah, so they bring him to Nab... How do you pronounce that again? Nabia? I've been saying Nioba, but... Nioba, that's it. That's it. Um, So maybe there was dialogue. I didn't hear it, so I was like, wait a minute, they were just in Jackson. So... So they're there, and I can't, hell, I can't remember. This movie just somewhat just washed over me. Um, why, did they, why did they start investigating? Because I think they went back to it because uh, that was where she'd gotten raped and the boy was conceived. And so they were trying, they were trying to track down the father, I thought, or they were trying to track down information about the father that could help in some way with their son's illness. And. Okay. Cause I didn't, I wasn't sure if that was the reason or not, but I mean, they, yeah, they start, they start sleuthing in this yeah, small town and the town's covering something up. Like nobody wants to talk about anything, but then you come to, you come to find out though, that apparently the town's made of one fucking family. It's pretty much it. Yeah. Cause nobody else is introduced besides it's the Kerwins. Yeah. Like everybody gets killed. I think it was everybody that got killed in the movie was related to the Kerwins. <laughs> I may be wrong, but I know there uh, was a lot of Kerwins that died. Then their last name may not be Kerwin. Because uh, Amanda, her father, her last name was Platt, but but he's a Kerwin. And he's a Kerwin, but not all the Kerwins died. Uh, he ended up killing his best friend. We learned. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, Billy's best friend. Billy, not uh, Michael. Pleasant. No, the cicada. But, 
Yeah. But Billy plays an integral part in this story that is not really, again, fleshed out. Yeah, so we get to we get to the first night and the um uh, he leaves the hospital. Like he goes out and he drives off the road after escaping from the hospital. First time driver. Yeah. Drives like his daddy or his stepdaddy. And who who did the son go to talk to or who was he talking to? Because I got it in my notes. It's like, uh, who is the son talking to? Well, the wife, <clears throat> the dad ends up going to talk to uh, the judge who looks like David Byrne. And the wife goes to talk to the newspaper editor, I guess, or somebody fucking with the newspaper. Is that is the newspaper editor? So the Judge Kerwin, and that's who the one person went to talk to. And then the editor of the paper is Edwin Kerwin. Okay. And she, I don't know. This motherfucker's obsessed with lunchtime. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I told you lunch. Yeah, yeah. Because she's back there looking at these fucking fire hazard newspapers that are yeah yellow and crusty she ends up stealing a page out of one of the um newspapers yeah she she rips it off and she gets it this this is all happening while the guy's like lunchtime i told you <laughs> so but they end up talking to the sheriff who's not a Kerwin, and actually mm-hmm. gives out some information Played by L.Q. Jones, great character actor. Um, a lot of people might recognize him from a lot of movies, but he kind of pops up to me as the uh, the owner of the cabin in The Edge. I don't know if I've ever seen The Edge. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm assuming we're talking about a movie and not the guitar player from YouTube. Uh, the wrestler. Well, he's called Edge, not Edge. I know. Edge. Yeah. Yeah. The Alec Baldwin. One of the few movies Alec Baldwin didn't kill his director hmm. of photography on. The sheriff. Tell me what I need to save. Why do you tell me that, Josh? You know, I got to save like every 20 minutes. Because I'm, 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 I'm in it, man. I'm in You're this in movie. It? Yeah. You love this movie. This is your favorite movie. Josh, tell the audience about your love of cicadas. Uh, This is my favorite movie about a person transforming into a cicada. Hands down. (laughs) The sheriff tells him about uh, Lionel, how Lionel's corpse was found, how it was ripped apart. Okay, good thought. Thank you, Josh. Wait a minute. Which one was Lionel? Lionel was the person uh, that died a while back. He was um, God damn it. Um, he was a Kerwin. I know he was a Kerwin, but I, but I'm because you have the the original incident that happened. 
mm-hmm. that we don't find out till later. Yeah, that was Lionel Kerwin. Kurt, Lionel Kerwin was killed by Billy. In the past. Was he? Because, yes, because the newspaper article that they take is about a murder that happened. Okay, look, the guy comes home, catches his wife in a tryst with another man. Yeah. He kills the wife, locks the man downstairs. It was Lionel Kerwin who called them. Yeah. But he's Amanda's dad, I thought. No, Amanda's dad is, uh, oh my God, hold on. Because his last name is Platt. Uh, do, 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 do. I'm looking. His name is Horace. Horace Platt. Okay. I'm, I'm going to need you to start I got to watch notes. this movie again. I got to uh, watch this movie again. Ooh. ooh, that's a tough draw. Yeah. Anyways, we get to the first night and the son ends up attacking. Uh, like, there's no mystery to it. You know, it's, it's Michael that's doing the killing. The mystery is like, why, I guess, why is Michael killing people? And you found out through the power of cicadas and we'll probably run that into the ground. This episode talking about cicadas, but whatever, that's what this movie's about. Fucking cicadas, cicada, cicada, cicada. The love of cicadas. I wouldn't even say the power. Just yeah, love. But he um, he attacks Edwin Kerwin. Yeah, in this scene, there's been a few scenes in in movie history that, honestly, God made me want to go vegetarian. And this scene was one of them. It was so gross because Edwin. Because Edwin Curran's sitting there, you know, this fat fuck in a in a tank top, and it's got stains on it, of course. Yeah, and he's complaining about something. Michael comes to the door. He thinks it's del- is yeah. He thinks it's his delivery boy, mm-hmm. like fucking, you know, Uber Eats in nineteen eighty, and he brings. Apparently, the delivery boy had been there. He had dropped it off. Michael brings it in. And here's where I thought that this guy had the creature underneath his house and he was feeding it raw meat because he takes out just this raw fucking meat. Yeah. And it's so gross. And he starts beating it. And what does he put in the middle of it? Because he makes a hole in the middle of this fucking gross shit. (laughs) I can't remember what he puts in the meat. I know he did. So he put something on it. Oh, he's like, how to make it last longer. Yeah. And so he deserved to die. And then when Michael kills him, this fucking disgusting raw meat just goes everywhere. It's on his foot. (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. Look, when, when, uh, Michael brings the groceries into the house, did you see when, and this has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was funny. Like when he's getting the money out to pay him and he's counting it, he just kind of turns his back to him 
It has him close <laughs> to his chest. Yeah. <laughs> he tells him he can keep the change. Yeah. Like, the rest of it's for you. It was probably like 13 cents. No shit. Yeah. But and he, means, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so Michael kills him. And and we bites get her first. Throat. Bites his throat. Not a bad kill. Um, if you can see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's dark, but you know, this movie didn't skimp on like special effects. No, you just can't see them. No, they skimped the, on lights. Yeah, they the, didn't yeah, skimp on say, special the, effects. The money that went to special effects came from the lighting budget, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, the lighting budget, the the lighting guy probably got caught sleeping with you, Felipe Mora's wife or somebody. You're more into all the uh, nuts and bolts than I am of movies. When I, and when I say that, I'm talking about like all the different people that are involved in it. Uh, you go you go deeper than I do. So what I'm gonna need you to do is go back through the credits and see if there's anybody even credited for running the lights. Because I'd be willing oh. to bet that there's no lighting assistant. Look, I bet you there is, and I bet he won Oscars later on. Right. I, I can almost guarantee it. <laughs> I took everything I learned from doing The Beast Within. Roger Deakins probably studied, studied underneath him. <laughs> Michael ends up collapsing outside of Amanda's house. That's, t- today I was I was going through it before we started recording, and I'm trying to go through like the you know, the plot points of this movie so I could talk about it. And mm-hmm. uh, I I totally forgot how Michael met Amanda. Yeah, but it was just a random occurrence. But maybe not so random, but yeah. And she takes him to the back to the hospital. Yeah, and then the doctor's like, oh, he needs rest. You know, and because... What else could it be? What I mean, yeah, he just needs rest. But anyways. Well, yeah, he's at Hospital Naboo, you know. They Naboo. If fucking, they don't, they're not looking into anything. It's like, yeah, we found some blood around his mouth. Fucking rest up, son. Right? <laughs> we just assume this is your blood. Michael ends up going to Amanda's house to to thank her, you know, and he's like, aren't you going to invite me in? And she's like, oh, my pa doesn't like strangers in the house. And he's, he's like, well, how about you come outside? And she immediately falls for Michael with all his smooth talking. And they go to Black Pine Bog, which is full of briars. Yeah. And I guess this is like the one month of winter in Mississippi, even in 1980. Yeah. Two months. Two months. So it's winter time, and uh, I would have loved if they would have went in the summertime. And we just keep see some because this is all shot in Mississippi. Yeah, you know? and I I got that in my notes too. You can tell it's Mississippi. Like if yeah. you've ever been to Mississippi, you can tell this is Mississippi. Oh yeah, that, that storefront in, uh, in the town uh, of Nanawoya. Yeah, Nabu, Nanawoya, Nabia. Nioba. Nopole. Nopole. What is it? Nioba. Ni- Nioba. It looks like Lena. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it looks like fucking Lena. And then only three people are going to get that. But, yeah. The three people that live in Lena. 
yeah, that have driven by it. But uh, I, w- I would have loved some like nature shots of like water moccasins. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> like you, or- because somebody goes out there later. He does. And you know, you know for a fact they didn't have a snake wrangler out there. No. So yeah, go crawl, go just wade through this bog area with a nest of fucking cotton mouse. That or like a fucking alligator or something? Or an alligator? Shit, yeah. Wow. Pretty brave. But yeah, it's so funny too, because like, I guess this was written by people that, you know, obviously aren't familiar with Mississippi. But this movie was shot in 1980, okay? And I know the rest of the world thinks we're slack-jawed yokels, you know? And this movie doesn't really portray Mississippians in a bad light, except for this girl calling her dad Pa in 1980. Like, this is Depression-era Mississippi. (laughs) My Pa is about to be home. Like, <laughs> have you ever heard that? Anybody call their dad Pa? No. No. We say Papa. I mean, I did. And I know, uh, well, I know that, like, uh, people say daddy also in Mississippi. Because that's how my uh, dad and my uncle referred to to granddaddy. Yeah. Was his dad. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that, I don't think that's weird. Pa. No, I was just saying that would have been a more yes uh, accurate accurate you know way to refer to the dad is if you called him daddy because yeah. like, people in Mississippi do call that their dad's yeah. a not pa my pa is going to be no. home you if it, it, pa here, come get some dinner pa <laughs> here here here's a little heads up if you are in Mississippi pa in 2023 and you see somebody call their dad pa. He hits him. <laughs> Just assume that. Just like the paw in this movie, you can tell he's abusive. Toward, like, there's things going on in this movie and that I'm not fond of. Like, uh, I mean, I don't think it's like a big spoiler. I, I didn't. I wasn't too thrilled with this movie, but I will say this for the actress playing the daughter: she does present herself as being scared of her paw. Like you can yeah. see it in her uh, emotions and stuff. Like, so she, I think she did a good job. Maybe the actor playing her pa was a method actor and kind of <laughs> like, roughed her up in between fucking takes. <laughs> right. But her, Amanda and Michael apparently hit it off and they start making out down by the bog and the dog goes and digs up a fucking arm. That uh, look, uh, my first kiss was down by a bog. That's just tradition. Tradition. Yeah, he brings an arm, and then all of a sudden we get fucking John Wayne Gacy's basement out here by the bog. 30-something bodies. Yeah. And you meet you meet Amanda's abusive father also, who at this point we don't have the name for. It's later on that I get it. Yeah, and... You know, as soon as you meet him, you're like, I know for me, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of this guy. Yeah. You know, he's, 
He's got his shit together. One thing the movie does, and we didn't touch on it because we talked about the first night, but the movie specifically tells you it's the first night because now yeah. we're coming up to night two and it's going to, it's got a, a little uh, words on the screen says the second night. I like that. I like that little uh, addition. And on the second night, they find bones. They find a skull and a rib cage. And they're like, the bones have been gnawed on. Which, once again, kind of leads you to think werewolf. Because, you know, yeah. gnaw on bones, wolves gnaw on bones. Because you know what cic- heard, I've never a heard cicada, cicada doesn't do? Yeah, gnaw on bones. They don't eat meat. <laughs> or human flesh, like, you know. It's so odd the more you think about it. Yeah, and it, it is, yeah, because like I said, everything just points towards something else, but we're going to really lean into this cicada thing in a little bit. So they they think that one of these bones that they find in the swamp belongs to somebody that had died previously. And they're like, no, there's no way. Like, she was buried. And he's like, no, 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 I recognize this fucking femur. From the metal plate I put on it so it could go into her hip. And they're doing these surgeries like this in Nabia. Naoba. There too. There too. It's crazy. Like they're doing these major medical surgeries in Naboa. Yeah. Nabia. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. Especially, no, especially if apparently Jackson's just down the road. Go to one of the hospitals there. Go to fucking Baptist or UMC. You're just letting the fucking local town doctor, like you said, perform a major fucking surgery. Wild, wild. But yeah, so he he recognizes the uh, well the. Can I ask a let me ask a question before we move? Okay, because I'm, I'm just. A, you know i'm not a medical magician or anything and this is where we need mitchell at we need him on here right now actually answer this question for us because you're probably not gonna be able to answer it either but you saw the metal plating on the bone and it was at the joint how the fuck did they get that on there because it looked like, like how does that surgery work do they like cut the leg open and kind of like pull the bone away from the hip and form this piece of metal around a joint? No, I have no idea. Like Mitchell, when you listen to this episode, we're going to need you to drop a comment and explain that to us. Cause we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, I, the movie doesn't even, I don't think the movie cares. Well, I just, either, I thought though. about it when I was watching it. I'm just like, how did they do that? Yeah. Cause you can't, you can't just like hammer the metal into place inside the fucking leg. I don't even know where this was located at. Was it her hip? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But obviously it's, all this is a a plot device to where they know this victim and we don't waste any time like doing DNA tests, you know, which they didn't even have back then. So fucking whatever. Yeah. But they know. And then they go to the morgue. Mm-hmm. 
to talk to where Dexter we meet an, another fucking Kerwin or somebody in cahoots with the fucking Kerwins. Yep. And he is the most unhelpful person in this fucking movie. Oh, he, he's so creepy too. Like just his whole, everything about him, his aesthetic, his look. Well, you find out that he's extorting the judge. I don't think, is he a Kerwin? No, but he's in cahoots. Yeah, he's taking money from him because he's because he makes a comment about you know mm-hmm. more money. Yeah, the the cops are on me. Yep. And this is also where we first start seeing like, is Michael possessed? Because once again, I'm still under the fucking impression that it's a werewolf movie. And then it turns out that like you see Michael and. In my notes, this is literally what it says, word for word. Is Michael possessed, question mark, by someone named Billy? Mm-hmm. Because now we're starting to hear the word Billy drop a few times in, in dialogue. Um, yeah, and at this moment, yeah, I'm still thinking werewolf. Like, because Willie hasn't, uh, Willie, Michael hasn't transformed yet. Mm-mm. Yeah, Michael's. Michael is still killing people just in his normal fucking body. But you don't yeah, and we don't know why. Yeah. No, and the next one will be um, the morgue worker. Um. Mm-hmm. After he makes his uh, demands of the judge, I'm gonna need more money. Yeah, and this judge who we haven't really talked about, uh, he's he's kind of this classic Southern judge to where it's just bow ties. I mean, even later we see him sifting through his bow ties. And like I said earlier, like he looks like David Byrne a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, this movie does something that uh, I wish more movies would do. Because the first time you meet this judge, I'm not good at noticing wigs. So it shows you how bad this one was to where you're like, oh, that's a, that's a blatant wig. Yeah. And thankfully he does take it off later when he's just like, he sort of sheds the lie. I, I'm, I'm putting that into this movie. It's all been a big lie. Yeah, it just takes it off. The Kerwins, my hair. <laughs> the werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, they so they go to the uh they go and they dig up the coffin of the uh the woman that um they saw the hip bone of or mm-hmm. not hip bone but like leg bone of. And they dig it up and they find out that the coffin's filled with fucking rock. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I forgot we talked about it briefly. Dexter, though, is killed by a possessed Michael, and he gets embalmed while alive. Because they even make a comment about it when they find the body. He's like, oh, I got embalmed alive. Yeah, which, that's a stretch, because he does, like, get stabbed. Yeah, he stabs right him, but he stabs him with, like, the The, the, the embalming, yeah. And, and it's so funny. the liquid going through it later on. It's so funny because this does the classic horror trope of uh, 
The morgue worker's alone. He hears something. And he thinks it's kids playing in his morgue. <laughs> like, how fucking bored are kids? Or how weird are kids to be wanting to play in a morgue? Yeah. Because he's lifting up the sheets. Like, they're going to yeah. lay on like a gurney and put a sheet over them. Yeah, it's like he's playing hide and seek with them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he finds Michael underneath one who stabs him. And so now the body count's starting to add up. And it's, you know, um, you're kind of getting the the idea that these aren't just random murders. You know. Yeah. and I, So from there, Michael ends up, well, we go to the, now we're at the part where they dig up the coffin and they open it up and it's just full of rocks. And then Michael goes to a man named Tom Laws. And I must have missed it because apparently in this scene, this is where, uh, you know, he finds out he's Billy Connors and that there was some magic involved, some cicada magic. Mm-hmm. And he's um, he's using the magic to return to punish the Kerwin family after his death 17 years earlier. And in the, uh, yeah, well, I'll save it for later. Yeah. And because um, Tom Laws is just a, man, this scene is so dark. I'd, Not dark look, as in like, you know, gloomy. Dark as in fucking dark and you can't see shit. You can't. This is one of the darker scenes in the movie because he finds Tom Laws. Which is saying something. Yeah, it really is. Because the final four minutes, you have no idea what the fuck's going on, honestly. But, yeah, uh, Tom Laws is just this drunk, you know. He kind of reminds me of the drunk from uh, Halloween 3. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the homeless guy. Yeah, but um, yeah, we're, we're the puzzle pieces are slowly coming together, and it's so we 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 find out about about this Billy character and um, what happens next. I I can't. I didn't realize he met Tom Laws this early. Yeah, they have, they have a brief interaction, and then he goes to Amanda's house and. They they find him in there, and so yeah. After everybody leaves, Horace hits his daughter. You know, yeah. We, we get confirmation on what we already suspected that he's an abusive father, and he's the type of abusive father that hits his daughter and then immediately apologizes for hitting her. Yeah, like a good dad. And then you get the yeah, like a good dad, right? You get the uh, family of Michael wanting to go back to Jackson or possibly Houston. Cause the father keeps bringing up the possibility of taking them to Houston, you know, to the Astrodome. Yeah. Eighth wonder, the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. You can tell this shit was back in the eighties. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like if you, if you watch this movie now and if you've never heard of the Astrodome, you're going to be like, what do they have hospitals there? <laughs> but yeah, they want to go back to Jackson or possibly go to Houston, but, Michael doesn't want to leave. He he likes. He's got her. business to take care of. Yeah. yeah. And then you find out Billy Connors is Michael's dad. Yeah, he tells Ronnie Cox that. 
Ronnie Cox, who plays his dad. Yeah. Uh, Eric quotes dad. And it, you know, Ronnie Cox looks so devastated by that too. Like, who told you that? You know, mm-hmm. your heart kind of goes out for Ronnie Cox because, like, there is a scene earlier between him and the mom. And, you know, he's like, I'm his father. You know, mm-hmm. you know, like we said, he loves him. But, yeah. And then he has another spell, right, Michael? Well, you get the next day, the judge tells um, Poole to investigate the murders, and the law tries to tell Poole that Connors has possessed Michael and is killing people. And Law's being the the town drunk. Or what was that your phone or my phone? Mine. Oh, okay. And then Connors ends up killing him for talking to Poole. And then you get um Michael goes to Amanda and you know wants to leave town. And she, you know, having known him for like all of two days, is on board with that. Like, let's leave. Only together. if he comes. Yeah. yeah. There was one scene though. And I just, I got this wrote down. Um, it's when they're at the jail. And the, the guy tells the other guy to go get some breakfast and he gives him a fucking dollar. One dollar. Yeah. To buy breakfast. Yeah. Like I get it's 82, but still, I feel like that's not enough. Yeah. He gave it to Tom Law. The same, I guess the guy got locked up in the drunk tank for the night. And, um. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, listeners. Bone has gotten up numerous times throughout this recording. Um, and I get if you have to pee. Like, trust me, I get that. But he just he's just randomly gotten up like four times, just left. Um, so, it's just me and you, listener. Uh I hope your day was good. My day was okay. Nothing special. I'm back, baby. <laughs> uh, yes, I did have to use the bathroom. And yeah, you see, it's it's not so easy just to uh, vamp, as you call it, where you just keep on talking while the other person's gone. Because usually it's you doing it to me, not this, not the other way around. And you've uh, you've been a rock today, though. I mean, I'm surprised, like... Look at you. You haven't moved none. I know. I know. Well, I'm not partaking this oh, episode. You're not, you're not drinking tonight? No. No, oh, okay. So, Tom, when he was killed, and I don't know, I don't know the fucking word for it, and I wrote it down, and I, I just wrote down like power grid. Yeah. He was he was thrown into something electrical that you know provides electricity to the town, and I'm sure that somebody knows what it's called and could tell us and educate us. So it's like a generator or a transformer. Those are all things that I thought too, and I'm like, well, I don't know if any of those are right. Well, if you say it with confidence, nobody's going to second guess you. That's and that's true. let's be honest, nobody's watching this fucking movie beforehand. But here's the thing, though. What was so crazy is that, like, 
Michael just shows up to this place and this dude's there and it's so like, what? Like, how would, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe Billy knows that he hangs out there. Yeah. God damn, I have no idea why you'd hang out. It looked like an abandoned, it looked abandoned. But yeah. We get to the third night. And we know it's the third night because the movie tells us it's the third night, which you said you liked. I do, you, yeah. Otherwise, you might have been confused, you know, with the passage of time because everything's so fucking dark in this movie. How does one well, night and the next night begin? Well, it is. It is a movie that's based in phase, you know, phases, obviously. Which still leans into the fucking werewolf aspect of it that that's not in this movie. I know. And we find out that Michael's killing Kerwin's, though. We find out, you know, we still don't really know why, but we know he's killing Kerwin's. And then we find out that Amanda's a Kerwin. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, <laughs> this is where I, it finally dawns on me. I thought this might be a werewolf movie, but apparently it's cicadas. And, you know, um, throughout each death scene, you hear cicadas in the background. You yes. don't clock it. You don't clock it. You're just like, that's what Mississippi sounds like. You know? They just picked up the noise from outside. Like. Right? Once you, <laughs> once you figure it out, though, that's all you fucking notice is the, the sound of the cicadas. Which I can honestly say I miss living in Sweden. Like, there is no noise when you walk outside in the summertime you don't hear frogs or cicadas or grasshoppers it's a uh, i miss a lot of things but yeah i do miss that hmm i think most people would i don't well you still get them in texas don't you in the city well yeah but i'm just saying like you live in the city, but like what I, what I get is the sound of somebody above me walking through their apartment, which I've grown accustomed to now. It doesn't bother me. My previous neighbor that lived above me had they had really heavy feet. They they walk like you walk. And if y'all ever heard Josh walk, Josh is a heavy footed person. I take my shoes off now when I go inside. He's so it's like I'm, I'm like a ninja. It, he's like you're like, this has got to be somebody that's powerful, like just at the top of the business world or something. Just the way he walks in there with this fucking authority. Then you're like, oh shit, Josh, you're so amazing. It's all because of the way he walks. <laughs> I do nothing else in my life with confidence besides walk. <laughs> and even then, it's like an inse- insecure walk. I just like to stomp. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, and I, I don't really, like I said, I get where you're coming from on that because, it, you know, it's home and you miss it. And you're just like, man, I just give anything to, like, I find myself being nostalgic too about, you know, things from my childhood. And I'm like, man, I wish I could go back to that time. Like when we lived in North Carolina, when we lived in Asheville and just like how much fun it was there, you know, as a kid, I find myself longing for that, you know, as a 44 year old man. Oh, I'm nostalgic about a lot of things. Uh, 
but I wouldn't say like hearing the sound of like nature, uh, for me, it doesn't fall under nostalgia. It's just a, a, it's, it's like comforting, you know? I got you. We, uh, we get to the third night and Michael is, he, he knows that something's not right with him now. And, you know, he's asking for people to kill him. He's asking to die. Oh God, this was so gross. You know, he's telling Amanda to leave town, you know, without him, you know, so nothing happens to her. And Michael goes. Well, not yet, not yet. Is they, are we at the scene to where he's like face down in the bed and the doctor and the cops and his parents are there? Where is it? Hold on. He throws himself from Amanda's window to prevent Connors from killing her. Um, because Connors oh, yeah. and Michael are struggling for control of Michael's body while she packs. He throws himself like out the windows to stop himself from doing that. He returns to the hospital and begs to be killed, fearing that Connors will take over and Michael will be unable to stop him. He tells Poole and Eli to go to Lionel Kerwin's house and look in the basement. And that's where they find a skeleton with a chain wrapped around his leg, which they assume to be Connors remains. Cause that, that was hinted at earlier in the movie. Like he was, locked up in that cellar. But if that's the case, then that means that he was a rapist before he got locked up. Wait, was he a rapist? He raped the woman at the beginning of the movie. That's how, uh, Michael was born. Remember? Yes. Before, but he he was locked up, and this is okay. Now we can talk about it, I guess, because we're there. Billy's he was locked up because he was having a an affair. Yeah, and here's where the movie stops with the explanation, which I think is important. Obviously, um, the uh the guy killed his wife, locked him down there. Yeah, and the guy was starving, and he would throw her dead. He threw her dead body down there. For him to feed on. So the movie still sort of is telling you that. What his best friend told him. Was like a Native American. Ritual. Called yeah. the Song of Cicada. Which I guess he did. Which is why he turned into one. So he wouldn't die I guess. But what I was saying. But it was a curse that he. In order for him to pass it on to exact revenge he had to impregnate a woman well this is what i was saying though like how did he impregnate her once he got locked in the cellar he broke out at the first oh did you he? see it yeah oh, you see a chain okay. break okay but i guess he goes back like a fucking fool <laughs> to continue his imprisonment <laughs> i guess <laughs> Yeah, and then then we now we're at the scene though where they're looking at his back and they're cutting the bandage off. Yeah, it's so gross. Yeah, and then you just see just that dead skin. Billy starts to transform. 
or Michael, Billy, whoever they, they transform and he goes, Mr. Cicada. Yeah. He goes from being Michael to being fully Billy at this point or, or a Billy creature. It's like a creature comes out of the cocoon that is Michael. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, a it's, grotesque scene. It's fucking gnarly. And, yeah. And yeah, well, this transformation scene, this is where I was getting heavy Cronenberg fly vibes because his face is bubbling. Mm-hmm. His head's expanding. It keeps cutting to his fucking forehead his back when you're like, open. yes. And you're like, oh my God. Oh my God. And then like at one point, you know, it's the actor doing it. Yeah. Like you could tell it's the actor in this, in, in this makeup. And then it cuts back and it looks like something from like the garbage bill kids movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> when his head is blown up. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, uh, Tom Holland had a problem with this in the final cut. Um, he hated that the director lingered on the transformation so much and he wished he would they would have cut back to the uh, the people's reaction he was like that would have been more effective and I'm not and I'm like why not both because this transformation scene is so great but yeah you know to see their expression would be just the cherry on top so I got I got this wrote down too and it's funny because you you mentioned it and I, I missed it. I missed the song of Cicada part, but I got like, what the fuck? While he's transform transforming, what the fuck is the cicada magic? <laughs> and apparently it is. Yeah. Yeah. And they, while Michael's changing, yeah, they just, cause it's not a, it's not a quick transformation. It takes a while. This guy has been asking for death. Like, you know, that he's the person at this point, you gotta you gotta know that he's the person killing people, and they just watch him transform. Well, the dad finally runs in with his shotgun. Yeah, the boss. dad and the judge, and they're looking to um to kill him. And mm-hmm. classic movie moment. I love it to where everybody's just frozen. Even the guy with the gun, but he ends up he does shoot him. He does. He shoots him in the chest. Yeah. Which does nothing. Yeah, bullets are no match for cicada magic. I mean, everybody knows that. I mean, that's his fucking fault. So do you think, because I got this wrote down too, and I just, I made the comment, only in Mississippi could a horror movie be about cicadas. Like all the stuff that, you know, could have been done, Mississippi is like, no, give us cicadas. I know. I mean, and then like, okay, you have, you know, uh, Washington, D.C., they have the exorcist, Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mm -hmm. Illinois, Halloween, you know, North Dakota, Leprechaun, the classic, Mississippi, we got cicadas. Yeah. Like, we can't even get that right, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. And then, yeah, this is, uh, this is where we get the judge losing his fucking, well, he kills Horace, but then the judge loses his fucking hair and all of a sudden he is smooth as a cue ball. Yeah. That's a, Hey, that's a nice looking, 
bald head. Yeah. Very nice. And then we get this fucking scene where they just start shooting windows out. And it reminded me. And we used to do this a lot on this podcast and we've kind of backed off of it a little bit where we would link everything to the fucking Simpsons. But you remember the episode of the Simpsons where I, I think it was um, Homer, the vigilante where they were trying to catch the cat burglar and they all started carrying guns. Keep going. And then, and then like one of the guns just goes off randomly in the house and then all of a sudden everybody's shooting a gun inside the house. <laughs> That's what this reminded me of. One gun goes off and all of a sudden everybody's shooting fucking guns. <laughs> I was thinking about just a few minutes ago when we were talking about like, um, hell, I forgot what we were talking about. Something with prison. Remember that scene? And the uh, where there's a riot at Springfield Prison, and then you just see like Mike Tyson's character oh, sitting Frederick in the jail. Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> he just looks over. He's just reading, and everybody's rioting. You know, outside. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, y'all, be quiet!" And everybody just stops. <laughs> it goes back to them. So, yeah. Hey, y'all, keep it down. Um. But yeah, this movie all of a sudden turns into Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, and the judge is like, lock me in this cell. It's the only safe place. And, they, and, they, and they're like, yeah, do it. And the judge is like, give me a gun. They're like, give him a gun. Yeah. You know? And then the uh, cicada creature, Billy, bursts through the fucking wall behind him. Just takes his fucking head off. Yeah. Just rips it right off because the dude just... I mean, backs up perfectly to the wall. Mm -hmm. And there is this one scene that's kind of creepy to where, like, he gets into the police station, and then they run and get in another room where the holding cells are at. Yeah. And they close the door, and there is just one brief shot because there's a small little viewing rectangular glass. And again, I'm with you, Bone. I mean, it's fucking dark. You can barely see it, but you can sort of see the uh, cicada's eyes through that looking window. And and, and and pretty creepy. Pretty creepy. Yeah. Yeah, he pulls them out. He kills them. Uh, we forgot about what Amanda's doing. Well, she's supposed to be leaving. And I was, um, I was about to get, because I got this wrote down, like, She's supposed to be leaving, but apparently the car broke down. And she No, it didn't. Oh, it didn't? This damn girl, I nobody can drive in this movie. She sees barricades with flashing lights, and she has her headlights on. How she ran into this barricade is beyond me. Like she crashes through barricades with flashing lights. Oh, and we for, we forgot this too, because uh Judge Kerwin before he gets killed, he confesses everything and he confesses that uh Connors was having an affair with his wife and then Lionel killed and imprisoned killed her and imprisoned Connors. And yeah, and it says he fed Connors corpses stolen from the mortuary mm -hmm. until Connors metamorphosized into a monster broke free, killed Lionel, raped Caroline in the woods, and then returned to the cellar to die. Okay. 
Okay. I guess once he was able to uh, impregnate somebody, then that's the final the, form of the cicada. Yeah, the cicada then life cycle. Then they could die. Yeah. Life cycle. Yeah, okay. So, so now it makes perfect sense, and this is a flawless movie. <laughs> Billy's, a, Billy's in full control now, and so, yeah, he comes up on Amanda, and I thought I was watching a Rob Zombie movie at this point because two rape scenes in one movie? Or Last House on the Left? Yeah. But it's a, and another woman that's just fucking passed out and then just perfectly passed out, yeah. flat on their backs, arms spread. Yeah. You know, legs, you know, man's man spreading. Yeah. He, he rapes Amanda. They show up. The, uh, the parents show up and they shoot him in with a shotgun. Cause they know exactly where to find him. Yeah. Like the woods of Mississippi is the size of a backyard, <laughs> you know? And this movie, like once they shoot him, it's pretty much roll credits. It's very like me and Daniel talked about this. And when we're covering like the old black and white movies, like they're like that. Once you get to the end of the movie and it's resolved, you might go get, home. Like, yeah. You might get like one person like in uh, them where they make the comment about the atomic age and then it's roll credits. Yeah. Wolfman, Larry Talbot dies, roll credits, pack it up, go home. Yep. And that's what happens in this movie. They kill uh, Billy, the Billy Cicada. The mom. And it's like... Because they're, she's... Because uh, Billy's fighting with the dad. Yeah. And uh, she grabs a shotgun and blows his head off. Just like David Cronenberg's The Fly. Yeah. And apparently the cycle's going to... The, the cycle's going to continue. Yeah. Again, Roe versus Wade was like Six years early, earlier, just fucking <laughs> get that locust out of her fucking body. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take first stab at rating this movie because yeah, I, you I, do because I'm curious about what you got to say about because it, it was your pick, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering where we're gonna come in on this. And I, um, I was not a huge fan of this movie. You don't say, yeah. So, and I'll just read what I got wrote down here for you because I I made sure to write this down so I wouldn't forget. Aside from the movie being dark, the movie's greatest sin is just being boring. It's not bad in an enjoyable way. It's just bad. It's not interesting or even campy, which could have made it fun. Uh, The movie plays it pretty straight with, you know, what it's doing, but, oh man, I don't know. I just feel like, Cicada magic could have lent itself to something a little more fun. And maybe I would have felt better about the movie if it wasn't so fucking dark, but it was just so dark and you couldn't see shit. And it just wasn't interesting to me. And I found myself clock watching like, when's this movie going to be over? When's this movie going to be over? I give it one and a half stars. Cause I mean, somebody did make the effort to make the movie, you know, so I can't just be like, Ah, fuck you. And there are some things in the movie I like. I mean, like you said, the special effects were cool. Um, like the the daughter's reaction to her father, I felt like that was, you know, pretty good acting, like how she kind of recoiled from him. But those few things just couldn't save the movie for me. So yeah, one and a half. 
I get it. I get it. I, I went on Wikipedia just to see what was said, like the reception to the movie. Obviously, the movie got panned. And a couple of the complaints was about the acting. And I honestly disagree with that. I think Michael, the actor who plays him, uh, Paul something, I think he does some great physical acting. Yeah. Um, and I think Ronnie Cox, LQ Jones, I, th- I, I outside of like the mom, I, I don't see like a, a complaint there. Um, but with this movie, uh, I think there's a good movie in this movie, but it's not completely here. I think you could have done something with this premise, this movie, um, this, the special effects are, I mean, if there's a clip on YouTube of him transforming, I'd recommend checking that out instead of the movie. Cause that's impressive. Cause that is very impressive. Um, it is dark, too dark. I agree. Uh, but like I said, I, Somewhere within the folds of this movie, there is a good movie that's dying to come out, but it's not completely here. I do give it two stars, though. Okay, so we're not that far off. I, no. I figured we were going to be further apart, and I figured this is going to be one of the rare instances where you liked something and I didn't, because usually it's the other way around. I'll like something like Black Phone, and you'll just be like, fuck that movie. Jesus. Um, and I thought this was going to be our moment here where you're like three stars and I'm like, fuck that. This movie sucks. No, no. I mean, you can't, the, they cut out too much. It's too dark. Um, it's just not coherent enough. I know that Tom Holland has come out and said, cause I saw this in, uh, when I was doing a little bit of research on it, he was interested in remaking it because he felt like the original movie left out, you know, elements yeah like i said they cut out like the song of cicada uh, cicadas and all that and um there's something here though somebody could come back and do a low budget attempt at this again yeah uh, um but no it's not here um I wished it was, since this is representing Mississippi. Yeah. And, you know, and, and normally when we get to the end of an episode like this, we kind of know what our next episode is going to be. Except I don't know. I still haven't picked a movie yet. So I can't even be like, you know, well, hey, maybe the next movie will be better. Because I don't even know what the next movie is going to be. Well, it can't be too much worse, I guess. No. There was that one... uh Oh my God, what state was it? <sighs> Fuck. Because I told you about it and you'd made a joke about it. Oh, is it that long title? Yes. It's it's like five, a five word fucking movie title. God, I wish I still had it pulled up, man. I guess I can look it up real quick. I got the the link that you sent. Uh, that's your email address. We don't need that. 
here we are. Reddit, horror by states. Here we go. It's Montana. Alien abduction incident in Lake County. Part of me wishes I could find it. Let me see. No, I can't do it while I'm streaming. Part of me wishes I could find that movie just like free to watch. Just because I've never heard of it. And if there's a movie on this. Say the name again. Alien abduction in Lake County. Here we go. Uh, I don't even see where it's streaming. It's probably not. It's a TV movie. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all in Montana has to offer. I guess. There's got to be another one. Here's the thing, though. It's not just alien abduction incident in Lake County. It's alien abduction colon incident in Lake County, which makes me think there's a couple of alien abduction movies. Yeah, 1998. Oh, my God. I know a movie I could choose. And and I'm not going to lie, it would strictly be to fuck with you. And that'd be the beyond... Yeah, I know. That face just made it all worth it. I know. (laughs) I know. Ah, trauma. Jesus. Don't do that. I'm not. I may. I may choose the witch. I don't know. That's a big one. Well, I got to check and see if Daniel was interested in talking about that one. That's a big one. That's like one of the best horror movies to come out in the past decade. Yeah, I enjoyed The Witch. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like a borderline masterpiece. Yeah. Fucking. Dude, so that was The Beast Within. Uh, Neither of us liked it. So there you go. Yeah. I'm. You know, a lot of times when I, and when we talk about movies that aren't necessarily great, you know, we'll still be like, yeah, I'd recommend watching it, but I'd go ahead and tell you, I wouldn't recommend watching this. You could pass on this one. No, I'll go to the YouTube transformation scene. That's all you need. Yep. But anyways, that's it for this episode. We'll be back next time. We appreciate everybody for listening and we'll see you later. Cicada later. <laughs>